The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. The WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast on the sports. Gambling Podcast Network. It is Howie season, although kind of a disappointing showing so far from our favorite general manager, Howie Roseman. Big news today, and we'll kind of hit on some of the signings, starting with the one that came out today, Derek Barnett, a guy that none of us uh, wanted back. No one wanted him to be re-signed. I saw a Bleeding Green Nation poll where it was 96% said go to 4% wanted him to stay kind of the most surprising off season signing. I think for the Eagles so far, Rob, I'll let you kick things off. I know you're not a Derek Barnett fan. Have you, I have not seen the details yet of the signing. It supposedly is a two-year deal, but really probably one year, depending on the guaranteed money, maybe Derek Barnett realizes there wasn't much of a market and we got a, a, a decent value for him. But what, what are you making of the signing? I don't get it. I, I thought we were done. We weren't going to have to see any more penalties. Um, and now they bring it back, especially after, you know, the other signing that we had, um, Hassan Reddick, who we're, we're going to talk about in a minute here. Um, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Sean. I think he must have not had a strong market. And my guess is when the contract deals come out, he is going to be really cheap. And maybe how he saw it as a depth move. Maybe he's no longer viewed as a starter. Maybe he is. I mean, you know, the interesting thing about Derek Barnett is if you took away the penalties and you just looked at him from a production standpoint, you know, in a normal world, you would probably think this signing is a net positive that, um, you know, that it actually does increase the depth of our line. He's not a bad player when, you know, he's had some production, you know, he had a nice play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but it's just the mistakes and the, you know, the mental errors that, you know, hitting the quarterback late, you know, things like that, just the lapses um, that go beyond just physical talent. And, I don't know that that changes at this point. That's my fear. I, I think, you know, he's just shown that he has a propensity to those. I hope he changes um, because I think he can be a good depth piece otherwise. So I, I think, like you said, this is going to be all about the numbers. I, I certainly don't think he got a big deal. I think we saw it's supposedly a two-year deal. So it sounds like we didn't make a huge commitment. Maybe it's like a two-year deal and we could cut him after one if we had to, but um, I'm surprised. I, I thought he was gone, quite honestly. Yeah, if I had a guess, complete guess, I would say it's like one of those two-year, 
you know, they call it 10 million, but really 6 million is guaranteed. And it's only for that first year. Justin, is there, is there any, is there a positive outlook on this Derek Barnett signing? Is there something to be excited about here? I mean, I don't know. I guess you could look at the silver lining and think back to last season when we signed sweat and we were the, People were talking about, like, are they going to extend Sweat or Barnett? Like, who are they going to choose? And I, I guess the silver lining is, is that Howie obviously made the right choice, you know, in hindsight. Um, uh, Rob pointed out, you know, the Derek Barnett's production did do much last season. I mean, he had two sacks, and I understand there's more to the position than just sacks overall. But, I mean, he had eight penalties. So he's at four to one penalties yeah. to, to sacks. I mean, his ultimate goal, Nick, this season then should be to, you know, have more sacks than penalties. Honestly, <laughs> I think that would really turn things really around. Low bar. Great call. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so the only other thing I would have to say is like, we haven't seen the contract yet. I'm hoping it's incentive based. Maybe that's enough to kick him in the butt to get things going um, and make him, you know, hone down a little bit more and lock down that position. But I, it really, the number is really what's going to matter to me to decide like, Hey, do we get him for next to nothing? Because if so, yeah, I'll keep him around, see if he can do better than last season. But other than that, I mean, it might be a bit of a disappointment. Yeah. I mean, again, we're still waiting on the official number, but the fact that he's signing this late relatively in the free agency period, usually not a great sign. I mean, you know, we re-signed Boston Scott, Greg Ward before Derek Barnett. So I think that kind of shows you where the priorities are. And I, I I'm hoping, uh, you know, how he just is worried about the depth at the position. And I, I think the only bright spot or only thing that I could be positive about is Derek Barnett is only 25 years old. I know it's, yeah, he's been in the league for five years. He came in super young. So maybe there's a, a higher place his game can get to, but yeah, I mean, I'm not excited about this and I hope I don't think this limits them from getting a pass rusher in the draft. We're going to talk a little uh, about the draft at the end of the show, you know, break down all the signings we've had, of course, crowbar and in some uh, hurts talk as well, but yeah, I, I hope this isn't like a harbinger of like, Hey, we're, we're good at a defensive line. I know the Eagles love D line. They love pass rushers. So maybe this is just a depth signing and want a veteran guy like Derek Barnett. And he is young. That's, that's what I'm holding on to. Uh, so far though, it seems like Hassan Reddick has been their biggest signing guy coming over from the Arizona Cardinals linebacker, but also uh, rushes the passer a bunch he was a first uh, round pick, kind of um, a little bit of a disappointment in the, the uh, Cardinal system. You know, a guy who kind of never lived up to where he was drafted uh, per se, but well, also like a consistent guy and uh, overall gets, gets a handful of sacks. I mean, he's coming off 11 sack season uh, last year with the Panthers before that he had 12 and a half with the Cardinals. So kind of in that uh, journeyman spot. But again, if, if we can use him uh, often as an outside linebacker to rush the passer and kind of, you know, have that stand up linebacker role, I'm fine with that. The, the cool part is he's a temple grad. He seems really stoked about being an Eagle. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And again, you know, pretty, pretty decent signing. Didn't break the bank for him money wise. Justin, what are your thoughts on uh Reddick signing? 
No, I thought it was a great signing by Howie. We didn't overpay, as you pointed out. And, you know, it was a position we needed. And I, I agree, you know, I'd still like to look at it and probably pick up a guy, a defensive end in the draft. But um, at least this kind of fulfills what we need, you know. Uh, we just talked about Derek Barnett. But I, I think actually it's if you think about the fact that we had Barnett, Kerrigan, Josh Sweat, and I'm – I'm lapsing, but, you know, Graham was out last season. Now we're getting uh, Reddick. We're getting rid of Kerrigan, and then you're, you're moving Barnett back. I think that's that's pretty nice considering, like we just said, we didn't have to overpay for him. So I think he's going to – Sweat's going to be a good compliment to him on the other side. And then we got Graham as well, hopefully healthy this season. I think he's going to be uh, back to normal, hopefully. We'll see. But uh, it's nice to have him um, in the mix now. Taking a quick break here on the Die Hard Eagles podcast to talk about our good buddies over at WinBet. March Madness, so much fun. NFL Futures, so much fun. And you can get down on all of those over at winbet.com. Plus the ultimate casino experience, 100% deposit match up to $1,000. Are you kidding me? All you got to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBetting app. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also, as always, trade coffee. Always. Well, I'm saying, because I, I, I can't imagine a world where I'm not drinking some trade coffee. I love coffee, and I love good coffee. And, and that's truly what you're getting with trade coffee. Got you some fresh roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Sign on to do a little coffee quiz, get you set up. Is there anything better in the morning than just that delicious smell coming from your coffee pot that wakes you up? Again, treat yourself to a great cup of coffee. You don't, and again, it's you don't need to pay a ton. You don't need to go to expensive, fancy coffee shops, trade coffee will come to you. That's right. They're offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. That's right. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP and let trade find you a coffee you love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP. Now back to the diehard Eagles podcast. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Graham, I'm obviously kind of worried he's got getting up there in age. And I think it was his Achilles. He tore, which is always a red flag for a a guy late in his career. Can he really, what are we going to get out of him? But uh, Hey, at the very least it's uh, he's better than Alex Singleton. No offense to CFL legend, Alex Singleton, but he's an upgrade and our linebackers were horrific. I mean, you know, two years ago is Nate Gary and, and just, we seem to really struggle with the position and, and Reddick's does seem like an upgrade. Rob, what do you think uh, Reddick's ceiling is as a linebacker? Yeah, I you know I still don't have a handle on how we're going to use them. Is it going to be linebacker? Is it going to be more yeah. on the edge? I mean, I think first of all, Sean, I, I, you you touched upon it, but I watched his intro press conference and he just seems so stoked to be here. And and you know it's awesome when you have a player that's that excited to be in Philly, that's from the area. So uh, kudos to him. I'm I'm excited about having him. I I think quite honestly, it was a great signing and at a good price. It seems like. I don't know if I want to use the term steal, but certainly it doesn't seem like we overpaid. We got a, a good player for the price. Um, I think it's a little tough to, you know, evaluate his total career production. Cause it really seems like 
um, you know, early in his career was at the Cardinals. They, they just didn't use him to his talents. He played more in the linebacker role and coverage. Um, and I think it, it sounds like from what I've seen, he's really shined more when he's getting after the passer and, and that's what we need. So I, I don't know exactly, you know, I, I guess it's still evolving. How is Gannon going to make his scheme? Is it going to be a little more hybrid? Is it going to be traditional yeah. four, three, um, maybe we'll find out a little more this year. I hope we use him to his strengths though, which seems like getting after the, the past, the, the quarterback, um, dropping him in coverage as a pure linebacker. I'm not sure based on what I've read is his strengths, but you know, he did stress his versatility in his opening press conference. So I won't pretend I've seen him play, but you know, let's use him to, to, to get to the quarterback first and foremost. Yeah. My, my assumption to him, you know, trying to rush, rush, uh, you know, the passer there is, is the fact that he talked about the fact that, you know, he's faster than a traditional edge rusher. So my assumption is, or I hope at least that, you know, Gannon's going to be getting him out there on the edge um, and, and putting pressure. Well, and, and, you know, we, we uh, crapped on Jonathan Gannon a lot during the season, rightly so uh, at certain points, but I, I think maybe there is probably something to his, his scheme does seem to rely on linebackers and, and fast linebackers. There was talk about all these different kind of fronts that we're going to show, you know, bringing the linebackers up or try you know, putting, uh, putting different like fronts up there in the line. Obviously they run a lot of uh, nickel as base, but, and maybe he wasn't able to do some stuff just based on the talent we had. I wouldn't be shocked uh, because of that. And the fact that they're bringing in Raddick, I would imagine, I mean, how often do we bring in a linebacker free agent and pay them any sort of like decent money? Maybe this is a sign that they are going to take the linebacker position seriously, or at least a, a pass rushing linebacker. And it'll be interesting to see what, you know, how much that impacts what they're going to do in the draft because defensive end and, you know, linebacker to me are still a big need for this team. And I would like to see them address it in the first round, if possible, again, three first rounders. Yeah. And one thing that he talked about a little bit in his, press conference. And, you know, I don't know if this is a clue how he seems himself, but I think he talked about that. He was, you know, kind of trying to bulk up a little bit in the off season. Uh, if don't quote me on it, but I think he was trying to get closer to 250 pounds, gain a little more, uh, mass, which suggests to me, he, he was focusing more on trying to get to the to quarterback, throw people around a little bit as well. Yeah. No. And, and again, it has some versatility. He's probably the classic guy that like maybe disappointing because of how high he got drafted. But I mean, those sack numbers speak for themselves. It's certainly, I mean, we don't have anyone getting double digit sacks and uh, certainly could use someone like that in our system. Rob, I saw you just yawn, which was something I text my brother. I go, we signed Zach Pascal. He just immediately responds yawn. <laughs> And uh, it's hard to get, even as a, as a true Homer, like myself, hard to get excited about Zach Pascal. Um, I guess here's what I would say. If we're, if we're going to be on the optimist side, is he better than Jalen Rager? Sure. But that's kind of an easy hurdle uh, to pass. Is he better than like uh Quez Watkins? Maybe again, Quez obviously limited sample size. I do like that. Zach Pascal is a big body guy. Uh, which would balance out, uh, you know, um, Devonta Smith on the other side. And he is kind of a goal line guy. I think it was in our group text that uh, 
that uh, Justin said he's everything we wanted with uh, our Sega white side, but he actually delivers again, not at an amazing level. He's a guy that's going to get you, you know, I, I think he has, I can pull it up here, but he'll get you like a few, a few touchdowns a year. Uh, and apparently him and uh, Sirianni are uh, good buddies. And he was trying, Sirianni was trying to recruit him. So at the very least he knows the system coming off a 38 uh, catch three touchdown year. Uh, again, I'll blame Wentz for most of that year before he had five touchdowns, uh, 44 catches. So again, productive, but not, not super exciting. Uh, Devonte Parker is another guy. There's been rumors about us uh, signing Rob. What's your, are you excited at all? in Zach Pascal. I, I think exciting, excited is a little strong word, but I think it's a solid depth signing. I mean, we didn't pay a lot for him. If I remember right, I think he got basically 1.5 million guaranteed with the option to, if he hits incentives to go up to like two and a half million. So, you know, in terms of the wide receiver market, especially this year where that market has seemingly gone insane, um, you know, he, he's a, you know, relatively cheap addition for the team. He's a guy that knows Sirianni system like Sirianni system. It sounds like he's a really hard worker. Um, so I, I like the signing generally, but it's not, you know, it's not like it's going to take our offense to the next level or anything like that. Could he be a reliable target? I think so. And it sounds like it. So, you know, net positive, but nothing, nothing too crazy or, or nothing that's going to, you know, light the world on fire, so to speak. Justin, you have a history uh, of getting jerseys of underperforming Eagles receivers. Any chance <laughs> you will be picking up a Zach Pascal jersey? No, nah, I'm not gonna touch it. Uh, <laughs> See now, maybe you'll be good. <laughs> I'm with you guys. It's a it's lukewarm signing. Uh, you did point out his stats, right? Uh, I think the the thing to take note of is, yeah, he, did, he had a down last season. But if you think about the two seasons or three seasons he was with Nick, I mean, in 2019, he had over 40 receptions, 600 yards. Same thing in 2020 as well. In each of those seasons, he had five touchdowns. So. I mean, he's, he's a performer. He's kind of a depth guy, right? Um, on any other team on ours, he's probably a starter at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he had similar numbers to what Quez had last year. I believe if, if I look back at him, I, I don't have Quez's numbers up, but I think they're in the ballpark there. Different types of guys, obviously, you know, he's not a speed guy like Quez. Um, so I, I think he is actually a decent compliment as you pointed out, Sean, to uh, Smith and, and Watkins and then I, we don't need to talk about Rager or Whiteside. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there's not much there. Uh, Eagles also re-signed Boston Scott, Greg Ward. Of those two, Rob, which one are you more glad that uh, they're coming back? Oh, man. Um, honestly, I'm not too excited <laughs> about either of them. If you're going to make me pick one, I Yes, Boston Scott. I, I don't know. It, uh, they're very equal. You know, the problem with Boston Scott is I think we have Gainwell, and I think those two become very duplicative. Uh, and and I'd rather go with Gainwell at this point. You know, Ward. I, it's he doesn't have a lot of production, but it's hard to argue. He does catch touchdowns, and he does have good hands. So actually, I'm going to change, and I'm going to say Ward. He gives us some depth. Um, you know, whether we need him or not with Pascal and, and the other guys, I don't know, but you know, we don't ask a lot for him, but he does deliver when we need him to. So I'm going to say Ward. 
Yeah. Ward is Ward is kind of a clutch guy in a certain sense. I'll go Boston Scott just cause he's kind of a fun and mostly cause he reminds me of Darren Sproles and you know, he's not as productive as Sproles, but just a little guy that's tough to tackle. He's also destroyed the giants a couple of times, which is always fun. Just if you had a pick Greg Ward or Boston Scott, what are you going with? Man, I feel like Sophie's Bob, choice. I had plenty of I had plenty of time to think about this too. Uh, <laughs> I'd say Boston, I guess, um, only because you know if we had inside good old Pascal, I might say Greg. But you know now we can kick him out. I will say I, I now that and I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know maybe keeping these guys, but I would like to turn the page at some point. Um, seeing both of them resigned. It's not disappointing, and I shouldn't say that because I like both the guys. Uh, I think they work hard. I, I do think that when they're in there, they do contribute um, to a certain extent. Greg didn't have a great season last year, and I think if you look at those numbers, that's probably going to be the deciding factor. I think you know he had three touchdowns, but I think he only had what seven receptions. So I'll go Boston. He could come in sometimes and rack up some yards and just have like that one key game or two key games a season where he's just, he comes in when somebody goes down. Yeah. He, I think he'll have a bigger impact on the Eagles season this year, but if you're, if you're noticing, maybe you're sensing a theme, re-signing a lot of guys, bringing in some smaller mid-level guys, what has happened to the Howie Roseman? We came to love that, that just loved to make the front page sign the biggest guy to the biggest deal trade, whatever needs to get traded. I mean, are, Rob, are we worried uh, that, that the Eagles aren't being aggressive enough in this free agency period? No, no, I'm not. Um, I think there's a couple things that have to factor into that one. By all accounts, we had a trade in place for Calvin Ridley. So yes. he was trying to be aggressive to get us a receiver. And obviously now he's been uh, suspended. So that trade never happened, but uh, he was out there trying to make a splash. I mean, if he had, if he had made a trade for Ridley, I think everyone would be looking at this off season completely different. Um, but the other thing I really believe it's their strategy um, that they're coming into this off season and they're, you know, uh, staying somewhat low key with the idea that next year they're going to really, you know, go for it. I, I think they're going to have, they have cap space. They're going to roll some over. I think they have three picks this year. They can focus on the draft this year. If they want, I, I still think there's a decent chance. They trade one of those picks to, and convert it to a first round pick next year. Um, I just think they realistically see, you know, have a plan for the future. And I think next year is when it's really going to, you know, jump back in and they're going to start going at it. Yeah. So again, it depends. And, and, you know, you look at some of the guys that are signed and what, what is being done in the free agent market. Some, some, obviously the trade market, you know, there was thought, Oh no. uh, Some of the haters out there will say, Oh, big name receivers don't want to play with Jalen hurts. Again, it did sound like they had a deal in place by all accounts for Calvin Ridley, which was one of the top guys. Uh, And then he decided to bet on FanDuel. And (laughs) I mean, the other thing, Sean, I mean, you guys saw that Christian Kirk contract. I mean, would you yeah. really want the Eagles to have spent that much money on him? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'd be looking at that contract going, wow, we, we paid a lot of money for the, for Christian. Well, Kirk. yeah, I was going to bring that up, Rob. Um, is the fact that like that Kirk signing reset the market for, yeah. you know, all of these wide receivers and, you know, how we, 
he could be a bit stingy sometimes. And it's one thing I think that leads to his success. Um, I know some people don't like him as much as I do, but I, I think the fact that, you know, he's not willing to overpay a lot of times is what keeps us, you know, in the mix year in and year out. I mean, we, we didn't overspend, you know, like the Jags did. And I think that's a key, a key part of it. You know, when Kirk's going for what, four years, 72 million, 37 guaranteed. I mean, you got to start questioning like, okay, should we just wait till the draft? Yeah. I mean, Howie is not a guy that wants to be seen as like getting the worst end of the deal, right? Like he's, he wants to win the deal. He wants to, you know, have the best uh, numbers and, and all that kind of stuff. And that Christian Kirk thing, I think did have an impact on these, on this receiver marketplace. And then the chiefs, I think were pretty short-sighted instead of locking up Tyreek prior, they kind of let the extension linger. And then once some of these other guys that weren't as good as uh, Tyreek Hill got signed and got signed to these massive deals, his value went through the roof. So now he had a ton of leverage and he's like, get me out of here. And uh, Tyree kill was, you know, deciding basically between the jets and the dolphins. So clearly he's not, he doesn't care about quarterback play if he's leaving Patrick Mahomes, but he got seriously paid. Are, were you surprised that the, that the Eagles weren't in on Tyree kill again? I, I think they just, didn't want to give up all that. The the Dolphins gave up a ton. I mean, again, I would probably talk myself into Tyreek Hill if they ended up trading for him because he is a guy that can really change the game. But man, so much draft capital, our roster in general just has a bunch of holes. I, I don't know if I would have done it. Justin, would I, you have done that trade? No, I, I mean, I was happy when I saw he went for what he did. And I, I get it. He's a splash player. You know, he's super unique to the game. You know, defenses have to scheme against him. Um, but that said, I mean, I, I think you do need to take into consideration what we have with Jalen and the fact that we don't know if he's going to be the guy in our future. So are you going to spend a first rounder and a second round pick as well as pay him, what, $120 million over four years and potentially waste a year of that four years on Tyreek and then have to possibly, you know, start all over with another quarterback as we've talked about possibly taking a flyer for next year and getting another QB. So I don't know if you want to go all in at this moment on a guy like Tyreek, if you're not sure exactly who you're going to have at QB, you know, after this season, we still yeah. got to evaluate. No, and, yeah. and I, 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 I'm with you guys. I would have rather, you know, Honestly, I'd rather use one of the first three picks on a wide receiver again if we had to get on the rookie mm -hmm. deal, have a guy that can grow with whatever QB we have. It just doesn't – it didn't seem like something Howie would have gone for given the price, and they gave up a lot. Um, I, I don't know that I would have wanted to. Now, you know, the first-round pick was later. I think it was 29 or something, so it wasn't mm -hmm. a super high first-round pick. Um, it just uh, didn't – it didn't surprise me, and and I'm comfortable that that we didn't do it. Quite honestly, it, it is it is weird. It's one of those things where there's a balance, right? Because I to Justin's point and to Rob's point, it's like, yeah, you don't want to go all in. Tyreek Hill again. He's like a speed guy. How many years left does he have? It's probably a move. Maybe you do if you're if you're 100 on your quarterback and you're a little closer. But to that as well, I, I think we do need to put Jalen Hurts in the best. Uh, place to succeed because that's how you're going to get the best evaluation for him. And then if it doesn't work out, you're still set up pretty well. So I, I don't think we should be completely out 
on the uh, receiver market. I'm fine drafting a, a receiver. It'll be interesting to see which ones are available, uh, you know, coming in the, in the uh, second half of the first round there. Devontae Parker has been a name that the uh, Eagles have been linked to. I don't know. For me, he doesn't do much for me. If we're going to take a shot at any of the other guys, I would be fine trading for DK Metcalf. I think he might be available on the trade market. We would have to sign him to an extension. He's a guy that I, I, I think I would be okay. Uh, you know, again, depending on the price and everything, but uh, I would lean, I would still take a shot at DK Metcalf. Justin, what would you do if you had to either take a shot at DK Metcalf or a cheaper guy like Devonte Parker, what would you do? Oh, I, I would just try to draft a guy, honestly, but gun to head, one of those two, I guess you go after DK. I mean, is Devante isn't going to put us over the edge. I know probably have to give up something similar to Tyreek in order to get DK, but he is that big splash player that, you know, I guess could potentially put you over the hump with the team. But once again, I think it falls into the frame of mind that I had previously with you know, I would stay away from it overall, but if I had to pick one of them and go for it, I guess, yeah, I just don't think you get much value out of going for Devante at this point. Yeah. Rob, any, any sort of free agency trade moves left that you'd like to see the Eagles pull off here at the receiver spot? I don't, you know, I don't think there's going to be anything substantial. I think we're going to take a receiver in the draft. It, it might not be the first round. It could be. Um, but I'm sure we're going to draft someone is my guess. So I'm not expecting anything big. I, I also am just not sure this year that Howie wants to commit that money to the cap to get a, a, a big time name. I mean, you know, the interesting thing about Howie, just to kind of circle back to what we were discussing, you know, we talked about that he likes to get, you know, he he's generally done well on his free agent signings in terms of the deals that he's gotten. I think the interesting thing with Howie is, he, he has done well with the signings up front, but somehow sometimes he has gotten burned on the extensions and we have gotten yeah. stuck with some dead cap hit. And I understand the logic behind it, and I'm not necessarily even criticizing it because I think the Eagles philosophy for a long time, going back maybe even to the Andy Reid days, has been extend your guys early when it's cheaper. And a lot of times that pays off and you end up with a lower cap hit. You lock these guys up. I mean, even last year we locked up sweat. Um, we locked up. Who's the other player we locked up that I'm blanking on right now. Talking um, about my lotto. Yeah. My lotto. My that's the good. other one. Yeah. yeah. Which was a great deal by all accounts. Um, so it has the potential to have a huge upside. The downside is if you miss on that player early and you do lock them up, you're stuck with some of these dead cap hits. I do think, you know, he's historically had a little soft spot for some veterans that has stuck us with some probably contracts we shouldn't have got into. So, it, it, you know, it's very interesting because I think Howie does very well on the front side, but he has had a couple misses kind of on the back side of deals maybe the second extension, things of that nature. And, and maybe he's getting better at it, but I think that's what we've seen historically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the Alshon Jeffrey, that was a bad extension. There's been a couple, uh, again, you could say the Carson Wentz was a bad extension, but the way he got out of it and what we ended up getting for it, I'm not going to say it was a good extension, but it certainly wasn't a backbreaker uh, by any means. And I'm still okay with it at the time. 
being that it is the quarterback, and it's, it's kind of almost what you have to do there. Speaking of QBs, the last one left, it seems like, in the um, QB musical chairs here is Baker Mayfield. You know, one of our uh, friends that we talk Eagles with, he, he has Jalen Hurts as the worst quarterback in the league. So obviously he'd be interested in, in trading for Baker. I don't know. For me, I would rather draft a guy than, than take a shot on Baker. Justin, what are you doing? Any interest in Baker Mayfield? Again, I'm, I'm still team rare breed. Give him another year. Let's see what happens. I'm fine taking if Matt Corral is in the second round or even late first, he's a guy that's kind of interesting to me. Other than that, just, you know, let Jalen run with it and see what he can do. But Baker Mayfield, I know I'm, I'm a bit of a hater. You could make a case. He is, he was pretty injured with that shoulder. Justin, would you be in on Baker Mayfield in Philly? I mean, I might be higher on Baker than you guys, but I still wouldn't touch him and bring him on our team. I mean, he's had some decent stats, not last year, obviously, with the injuries and whatnot, but in previous years, you know, racking up over 3,500 yards pretty pretty consistently. But no, I'm not going to touch him. Um, on paper, you know, those previous years, maybe he's a little bit better than Jalen, but we still don't know exactly what we have in Jalen. Let's keep rocking with him. And then you don't know what you have in Baker. If you bring him over number one, the injuries, as I pointed out, number two, personality, right? Tick some people off yeah. from time to time. I don't, I don't know how many guys would get behind him. Number one, I don't think anybody would get behind him simply because everybody likes Jalen so much, but even without Jalen, he seems to rub people. The would seem to rub people the wrong way. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the Browns themselves said, Hey, we want an adult at the quarterback position. Also what the Browns handling of the Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield, like they totally tanked uh, Baker Mayfield's trade value. And even as someone who's not a, a big Baker Mayfield guy, like they were a complete disaster before they had uh Baker there. Now he might not be the guy long-term, but you've kind of self-sabotaged a, what you would think would at least be a decent trade asset. Uh, I really don't understand uh, how the Browns have handled that, that kind of transition there, Rob, any, any interest in Baker? Uh, I'm, I'm with Justin. I actually like Baker more than you, Sean, certainly. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I think it's hard to say he wouldn't be an upgrade over Jalen hurts from a passing perspective uh, as a pure passer. He, he's, He's definitely a better passer than Hertz, at least at this point in career, based on the body of work that we've seen. Um, but I'm not giving up anything substantial for him. I'm with you guys. I would just, you know, if you're if you're asking me between those two, I would stick with Hertz another year, see what he could do. Or I'm all for taking a shot at a QB, especially if one slips to the second round that you think's decent. Um, I'm not a big Kenny Pickett fan, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, that's one that. I, well, just, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. Uh, you know, it's already the hype has already happened when they showed one uh, throw of uh, you know Malik Willis at his pro day. Uh, you know, <laughs> not even throwing with shoulder pads. I don't know why everyone gets so hot and bothered for it, but I don't think Malik Willis goes uh, I, right now. If I had to guess, I would say Malik Willis goes second to the Lions. I don't think he goes past number two, and I think I think Kenny Pickett goes top ten as well. The Eagles did take Kenny Pickett out to dinner, uh, maybe just to get a first eye look at his hands. No idea what they're doing there, but uh, yeah, I, I think both those guys go top ten. So if we had to give up stuff to move up to get one of those guys, definitely, definitely out. My concern between those guys is I, I understand the Malik Willis and and everyone's 
somewhat enamored with his athletic traits. Um, and it does seem like there's a, a potential tremendous upside if, if he can materialize. So I understand that my concern with Pickett is he seems like a guy, you know, he was a long-term starter at Pitt that's kind of already near his ceiling. That that's, that's somewhat my concern with him. Um, and uh, you know, the two gloves also bothers me. I'm just not a two. <laughs> Robbie glove really fan. hates the two gloves. Uh, um, it kind of worked for Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, he just seems like a much more polished guy that's at or near his ceiling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just not sure that I've seen enough that that ceiling's high enough for me to invest that high of a pick. We're also brought to you by IP vanish here on the diehard Eagles podcast. Oh man. If you've ever had a VPN, it, you really need to get one again, secure your data. Don't let hackers, advertisers, ISP get into your internet traffic. Even your physical location can be hidden. The best part about IP vanish doesn't slow your uh, browsing down unlimited devices and 70% off plus a 30 day money back guarantee. Whatever you're doing on the internet, you need a VPN, and we highly recommend IP Vanish. Very easy to use, very easy to set up. And again, 70% off. Are you kidding me? Just go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Oh, if you're not if you're not getting down on some pony action already, you're missing out over at Stable Duel. That's right. Stable Duel is horse racing DFS. It's simplified. You can win as much as $25,000 with one entry. I know it's hard to believe, but trust me, it can happen, and it does happen all the time over at StableDuel.com. Very easy to get set up. All you got to do is head to StableDuel.com and uh, get the app there. Get going. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. I'll see you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. And, of course, PropSwap.com. Oh, the perfect place, especially March Madness Futures. Are you kidding me? Perfect place to swap things out. Uh, get, maybe you have one of these long shots. You're worried. Oh, my God. What, what if they don't win? Then you're, then you're totally screwed. We were talking to uh, one of the co-founders of PropSwap. If you like some of these uh, upsets on the money line, why not take a little uh, action on them in the futures market? Again, uh, you know, instead of just betting Arkansas money line, why not take Arkansas in the futures market to win it all? And then when they do end up winning, like we just saw, then you can uh, sell that ticket and get a better price than you would have got just by betting the money line. If that wasn't enough, what about a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit? PropSwap.com, promo code SGP, PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And we're back here on the diehard Eagles podcast. Yeah. I don't, I, I just don't get the sense. If you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, a guy that can be the guy you want a guy who can elevate the play of the receivers around him, you know, and that's what we got out of Carson Wentz there for a brief period of time in 2017. He had some flashes in 18 and 19 as well. And he, even his rookie year to some degree, um, that's the kind of guy you want you're willing to trade up for, you're willing to spend some first round draft capital. I don't get that out of Malik or out of Kenny Pickett at all. Malik Willis, maybe there's a chance there, but like he didn't dominate at like a much lower level of competition, which to me is a, is a massive, massive red flag. Um, So I'm not, I'm not excited about either of those guys right now, but speaking of Hertz, Justin took the time to craft a uh, Hertz quiz of what would silence the haters. 
This is a very, I was very impressed that Justin put the time in creating a quiz with seven different answers. Which one will silence Jalen haters the most? If he's able to do it this next season. So one comeback win from double digits in fourth quarter Two over 30 touchdowns, 20 of them being passing three throw for over 4,000 yards four rush for over 1,000 yards, five QBR over 60 and pass rating over 95. Very uh, unique uh, angle there. Very dialed in five touchdown game, a combined passing and rushing touchdowns or a playoff win. Justin, I'll put you on the, on the hot seat here. You're the one who came up with this quiz. What is, uh, what is your answer? What do you think is would really shut people up out of Jalen hurts this season? I mean, I, th- I think the, there is one that really stands out. I think there's, there's two actually that I'll take the one. Um, <clears throat> that I think is probably the easiest would be the QBR over 60 and passer rating over 95, because that, that puts him in the top 10 uh, QB level. It means that, you know, he, he played consistently throughout the season. You know, he was probably able to rack up enough touchdowns and yards consistently. Um, it's a bit of a cheat there with that one, but I, I think if you're able to do that, um, you know, from the beginning to the end of the season, obviously you could get that and get injured five games in potentially, but if he's able to last the season and have a QBR over 60 and a passer rating over 95, um, I think at least for statisticians, that would be impressive. Hmm. Yeah. What about, what about you, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, To me, it's, it's not even in doubt. I I think the throw over 4,000 yards, look, the biggest criticism of him was his ability to throw, Uh, you know, look at that playoff game against the Patriots couldn't really do anything throwing the ball. Now, maybe he was injured. I I think the ankle was a factor in that game, Um, but he needs to, he needs to show that he can win a game throwing and he he can consistently, uh, you know, throw. So if he throws for over 4,000 yards, now that stack can be skewed. Obviously, we don't want garbage time, you know, whatever. But I, I tend to believe if you throw over four thousand yards, you're making some good throws in there. I mean, the one thousand yards rushing to me that would almost be a red flag um, because that would <laughs> you would be mad. Not progressing. Yeah, <laughs> I need I, I mean, look, I need a filler. <laughs> and don't get me wrong; he's never going to be a five thousand yard passer and whatever. Obviously, running is a big part of his game. It makes him elusive, but. We need to see that he can throw that he can and that he can use the whole field. He needs to throw to the left. He needs to throw over the middle. Yeah, open the. Um, that's what we need to see. It is. It is funny that uh, like rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts seem to like don't count for him. He did. He almost hit the thirty touchdowns, Justin, because he had sixteen passing and ten rushing. So he really wasn't that far off from that stat. And to Rob's point, if you rush for over a thousand yards, I think people would be mad at him. Like, what are you doing getting all these yards? You got to throw the ball. I get it. Like a, a rushing quarterback that's primarily rushing isn't sustainable. Although, you know, I, I think leaning into his strengths and letting him run, uh, I think is good. Like you can't deny it helps him as a passer. Um, when he's on the run a little bit, you know, like the Lamar Jackson scenario where you build in his ability as a rusher and, and really create a, a more dynamic offense. I, I get it. In the perfect world, we have Patrick Mahomes, but I think a, a version where it's like, hey, he's running a lot, but hey, he can also get the passing game going as well. I think, you know, Justin's point about the QBR passer rating over 95, that would certainly... Um, 
help as, as far as like the stats go and stuff like that. The five touchdown game again, he was almost close on some of those, you know, he had three rushing touchdowns and again, people look at it as if it was almost a negative. So I almost put down passing all five had to be <laughs> but yeah. right. But then it would just be like, Oh yeah, well he was playing the lines. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Trying against a good defense. So there would be to me, give me a, give me a Jalen hurts playoff win. And I think then you really uh, you really become untouchable. They're not going to get rid of a quarterback that gets them to the playoffs and then gets a win. Now, uh, well, again, <laughs> a, a playoff win uh, asterisk where you know he's he's kind of the guy in that in that playoff win. Uh, just I, undercut Sean's whole argument. <laughs> sorry, Sean. I didn't mean well, to you didn't like destroy that. me with the team. <laughs> Right. There are certain outliers where it's very obvious. You don't know how to throw a football and you have a miracle. You have God on your side and somehow cover an eight point spread against the Steelers. But uh, I, I would still say a playoff win at the, at the end of the, you know, why do, why do everyone, why does everyone love Nick Foles? Cause the guy won in the playoffs and, and obviously it's cause he won the super bowl and everything and that kind of run. But if you remember in 2017, there were a couple games, even that first playoff game against the Falcons, he looked like shit. The, the couple of the regular season games uh, where he took over from Wentz leading into the 2017 playoffs, he did not look amazing. The guy turned it on in the playoffs. So I think a playoff win, I, I think really solves a lot, but to your point, it, obviously it has to pass the eye test. Uh, with his ability to pass the, the 4,000 yards is an interesting one, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the playoff win for Jalen. All right, let's move it along. Close things out with the draft watch. It's a fun way to kind of attack. And uh, I, I assigned each of us a player to just give our thoughts on whether we're in or out on him. Uh, and, and I just, you know, scrolled through some mock drafts. Justin, we'll let you go first. A guy who's been mocked to the Eagles a bunch, Jermaine Johnson, defensive end out of Florida State. What do we need to know about this guy? Are we excited if the Eagles draft him? Uh, you know what? I When I first started looking him up, I, uh, to be honest with you, I knew about him, but not much about him. Um, uh, and the more I looked into him, I mean, I like this kid. Um, I think he's a guy. I mean, if we have the opportunity to take him, we should. Um, he's probably, I think at Kuiper and between Kuiper and McShay, um, you know, top three, top to, to six, um, defensive ends in the draft. So, um, one thing he gets knocked for though, is he did transfer from Georgia. He went to FSU then, um, you know, SEC to ACC. So people, you know, complain about the competition. He has addressed that though. He addressed it at the combine. Um, I, Granted, you know, he did. He he wasn't going against as big a competition. But then if you look at what he did in the senior bowl and the practice as well for the senior bowl, I mean, he's pancaking guys. Um, he's setting the edge. He looks great. I mean, overall. And, you know, him talk, talking at the combine was a nice touch as well. I mean, you can tell. He's he's an intelligent guy, fairly intelligent. All right. Who was that? Is that, was me? that me? Oh, that I think that was me. I, I auto loaded some page and I think the, the <laughs> oh, I, I was looking at some pages too. And I was wondering if it was me too. No, it's the auto load video, which is really annoying, especially uh, when they have some banging theme song. Apologies that that uh, jumped in there, Justin. We'll leave this in for the real. Uh, leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah. 
Were you looking at the Kobe Dean highlights? Yes, I was. Cause well, I went to his, I went to his page and it auto played it while I was getting ready for my answer. So <laughs> they can't I, mute that music. That's part of the highlight. Any uh, yeah, other, but uh, any other just thoughts? To say, uh, no, he's just, he, he seems like a good kid. He loves the Lord as well. Um, almost a little too Jesus-y like Russell, but I think that's a good thing to have a good head on your shoulders overall. So uh, should work out. All right. I'll, uh, I already, <laughs> I was breaking down some extra film, but the Dean linebacker for Georgia, he, he is probably more of a true linebacker, uh, compared at least to Hassan Reddick. He's a thumper. I mean, his, his 2021 season for the Bulldogs there, 72 tackles, 10 and a half for a loss, uh, six sacks, two forced fumbles, two interceptions, five passes defended. Uh, he pretty productive uh, three years at Georgia. I mean, again, you love the, you love the productivity in the sec. I, I think, uh, and you just watch that Georgia defense. If you watch the uh, national championship game again, that's, that's the reason they beat Alabama. Like their defense was very, very good. Nicobe Dean was a big part of that. Like I test too. this guy, you know, every single write-up describes him as a heat sinking missile. He, to me, you know, is almost like a Seth Joyner vibe from back in the day, like a, just a perfect mix of athleticism, physicality. And I think, I think if we can get him, I would be, I would be thrilled of a Nicobe Dean draft pick. Now I, we may have to even like slide up a couple spots. I, I, I know a lot of teams in the top 10 are excited about him generally linebackers for the most part, don't go top 10, but again, he's gotten a lot of hype. So I I'm worried that he won't be there even with our first, first round pick. But if he is Nicobe Dean is, is just a beast. And um, yeah, I'm all in again. He's thinking missile Dick Buckus award winner. Like he is a guy that's just going to impact the quarterback position. Maybe even, I, I you know, maybe even in a similar level where the uh, Cowboys are getting with Micah Parsons. I think that's obviously best case scenario because of uh, how awesome he looked, unfortunately this year, but uh, yeah, Nicobe Dean would be an awesome pick. What about you, Rob? Yeah. Um, I took a look at Derek uh, Stingley jr. Um, cornerback out of LSU. So he's an interesting prospect and, and, one that I'll be candid scares me a little, and mostly just because of uh, you know our prior history with Sidney Jones. Um, yeah. The big, the big red flag for him is he's only played in ten games over the last two years. So there's an injury history there. He's coming off a foot injury. I think it's like a Liz Frank or something like that. Um, but the upside is, you know, from everything I've seen, and and I didn't, I don't remember really seeing him play. So this is just based on me reading and, and taking a look, but. He has elite physical traits um, in terms of speed and and whatnot. He's six foot, so he has pretty good size for a cornerback. Um, you know, I saw one comparison, at least physically, uh, to Marshawn Lattimore in terms of his physical attributes. It sounds like he has a really great backpedal, good speed. Um, you know, the negatives are obviously the injury history. Um you know, not a good tackler, but I feel like most of the good cornerbacks are not good tacklers. So to me, that's not a huge red flag, um, but it does sound like there was some inconsistent coverage as well over the last two years. I think 2019 might've actually been maybe one of his better years. 
Um, so, you know, with that said, we need a corner. I, I, you know, most drafts, I, most mocks I have seen have him as either the first or second corner. I think lately it seems like the corner out of Cincinnati is, is the top that I've seen. Uh, I think Mel Kuyper had him as the top in, in his draft that I just looked at the, the Cincinnati corner. Um, I would say if we only had one first round pick, I'd probably be more hesitant with the injury, but because we have three and to have the chance to get a physically elite corner, I would probably take a shot on him. Obviously the, the lack of consistency in terms of just being available is a huge red flag. Um, You know, but I think the upside is there that, you know, I would be fine with the pick. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm uh I'm a little nervous. Like, yeah, like you said, the injury stuff hasn't uh Justin, was that you who had a uh a report where he was like kind of loafing and taking bad angles and not trying to get injured or, or something to that extent? Was that Stingley? I think yeah, it was uh and I could be wrong. I've listened to too many podcasts myself, but I think it was McShay on Rosillo was just saying, you know, um saying kind of what Rob was just saying. You know, 2019 was a, was a solid season for him, but um, other than that, especially last season, it seemed like he was trying to stay healthy and therefore wasn't putting his all into it and potentially taking bad angles, not tackling guys with what he had, what they've seen him do in the past, and it wasn't necessarily because of his health, but more trying to make sure that he stayed healthy for the drafter, potentially did. Uh, but I know he's he's had the injuries and didn't play the whole season as well. So who knows? Rob, I think, I think it's one of those, I I would not trade up, um, but if he falls to us, then I think that's different. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you're not, I don't, in general, I'm not for trading up again. I'm fine with like the Devonta Smith where it's, Hey, a couple slots and you know, you, you can really lock them up. But again, in general, you should only really trade up if it's a, if it's a quarterback in the first round there, but Rob of those three guys on the defense, which one to you is most appealing? You know, I want the linebacker. I just, I just really want some swagger in the middle of that defense. I mean, you've seen what, a guy like Mika Parsons has done for Dallas and really they've used him more on the edge than even as a, as a linebacker, but we just need someone in the middle of that defense to set the tone, to be a leader out there. We've lacked it for so long. I I think based on what we've seen, Jonathan Gannon's scheme would benefit from it. Um, It does seem like he wants to run a little more of a hybrid scheme. Um, So I'm all in on a linebacker. I think the time has come and, and we need to address that position. Yeah. And of these guys, to me, uh, Nicobe Dean seems like the easiest can't miss prospect of these three. Like, and again, maybe, you know, these are earlier mocks. So maybe he won't even be getting mocked to the Eagles as we get closer to the draft and and his stock maybe climbs up a little bit, but of him, I, I think he is the highest ceiling and highest floor, like the least chance we can mess that pick up. Justin, if you had to pick between these three, are you going Dean as well? Or or do you like uh, you like your boy Jermaine or maybe Stingley? I do like Jermaine um, a lot. I really do. But just looking at what we have, I mean, I think Rob pretty much said it. I, I'm thinking the same thing. Um, you know, just we, we need a guy like him, you know, just in the middle of the field. It's so it's so heartbreaking to see some of the burns that we see with our linebackers and 
some of the missed tackles at times as well. I think this is a guy who can a solid all-around player and can clean a lot of stuff up that we need them to, especially in a league now where guys are passing so much more. And I think Dean can clean some of that up. Yep. Let's do it. I mean, Nicobe Dean, he's a guy who might even be able to get his Jersey like him and Hassan Reddick might really be able to, uh, you know, terrorize some quarterbacks and, and it really makes some fun athletic plays with the linebackers. That would be pretty exciting. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the diehard Eagles podcast on the sports gaming podcast network. Give us a follow on Twitter at diehard Eagles 52 hit us up with the, who you'd like us to break down as we get closer to the draft. We'll be talking free agency and, uh, all things birds Yes, give us a follow on Twitter. Like I said, at DieHardEagles52 for the Diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, second the money green for Rob, for Justin. Go birds. Go birds.